Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 35,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been living with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm Uh. feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring you bookish love straight to your ears wherever you are. Today, I welcome Anna Featherstone. Anna is the Australian Ambassador for the Alliance of Independent Authors and a member of the Small Press Network and Australian Society of Authors. Her books include Look, It's Your Book, Small Farm Success, Honey Farm and Honeycomb Kids. Welcome, Anna. Hello, Danny. <laughs> Very excited. When I say meet, you know, Zoom meet, it's which so these fun. days is normal meet, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you were just saying that you've been listening to the podcast for a while. So it's going to be really interesting when you hit play and it's you on there. Is that going to be weird? Yeah, I probably won't listen. <laughs> I might skip that episode. <laughs> I love how people say that because I remember when I first started, I listened back, particularly to my laugh, and I was like, oh, I had no idea my entire life I sounded like a witch, like no idea. The good witch. (laughs) The good witch sometimes, I don't know. But you just kind of have to go, right, well, I'm going to edit out every time I laugh because that would be often. So I just have to live with it, own it, and deal with it. All right, so here we are. Here we are. Okay, so let's get on to your book. Um, I actually thought this book was brilliant. And look up, the full disclaimer, everyone, Anna asked me to contribute this tiny, tiny little piece about podcasting. Um, and I just can't believe how unbelievable the rest of the book is. When I read the rest of the book, I felt like, wow, do I even belong in this inside this book? It's so great. So, yeah, anyway, there was that. Um, but it is such a great book. Can you give me an elevator pitch? Well, look, it's your book. It's basically all you need to know about nonfiction writing and self-publishing. Yeah, mm. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And But when you said that, right, um, write, publish and promote your nonfiction book, a self-publishing guide for Australian writers. But as you can see with mine, I mean, listeners can't, but I've got a number of post-it notes probably about halfway through. So even though I think the front of the book, the beginning might be nonfiction self-publishing, I think once you get into half and you're looking at planning your platform and your website, everything like that, I actually think the second half of the book is relevant for everybody yeah actually you're right because so much of writing whether it's fiction or non-fiction now is about the marketing it is about the leveraging of your book as well and your internet your intellectual property so um i mean i there's just so much more to actual fiction um because i did think about do i write it for fiction writers as well but there's a lot more involved for fiction and i didn't feel a specialist in that area and i think i mean it's a big enough book as it is <laughs> just covering all the stuff for non-fiction writers but i'm glad that you're able to see something in there for you as well yeah absolutely and timely for because of all those experts stuff. isn't it that I interview mm, and yeah, their generosity and sharing their advice, like you about podcasts, but, you know, book bloggers saying how they like to be approached. Um, 
mm. right through to all the people who have, you know, had great success in publishing themselves. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, a lot in there. That's interesting. And I think, you know, writing is, it's hard and it's, you know, there's a, a vulnerability there as well because you could put you know, your heart and soul on the page and no one will like it or publish it or whatever. So there's, yeah. you know, those kind of vulnerabilities about it. And then I guess you've got the next vulnerability of approaching people. What if they say no to me, you know, to be on my podcast or to, you know, review my book. So there's that constant, I feel like writing and the publishing industry are constant little milestones you know you finish your manuscript okay tick all right now i've got to edit it now i've got to get people to read it now a publisher might like it or they might look at it or they might give me some feedback and even when you get that publishing deal it's a very happy moment but then it's like oh my goodness now i've got to write it properly and i've got to edit it and i've got to sell it and it's just this never-ending cycle of trying to constantly meet these little things that you have to do is yeah. that how you felt when you were putting this book together? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, halfway through, I mean, also because I wasn't looking for a traditional publisher, halfway through I'm like, oh, I don't actually have to even do this. <laughs> but, then, but I was like, I really wanted to. And then I started getting nervous, like, oh, no, I'm actually writing for writers. And that, you know, kind of made me go, oh, dear, like, is it going to be good enough? And then there's so much information. I kept going, wow, like, this is such a big book. Like there's so many elements I need to cover. And when you are doing it on your own, um, I suppose you don't even have anyone in your corner. So you have to actually really believe in what you're doing to keep going. Um, it's not like you have a deadline either as, you know, when you're writing. But it also is quite liberating. And what, you know, you see a lot on social media, it's like people are giving up writing because they might not get that publishing deal or they're writing only to get a deal. But I think mm. the beauty in writing is to just let yourself write because you love it. And at least now with self-publishing, you can make a choice at the end if you don't get a traditional publishing deal to self-publish it yourself or you might go halfway through, actually, I'm happy to self-publish this. So I think I just writers just feel free to write not just basing it on are you going to be accepted absolutely and it's hard advice because I think if you write you always want you know you want to be published and whether it's self-published or traditionally published you always want to hold that dream book in your hands you know <laughs> it is hard but I remember even speaking to Jackie French and you know obviously she's very yeah. successful and her prolific career still is. Jackie oh, who doesn't yeah. who, on the, who on the planet doesn't love Jackie French yes. You just, you know, and she said, I would be writing anyway. You know, if mm. no one had picked up my books and no one was reading them, I would be writing anyway. So I think it's that force of creativity that you have inside you that has to keep churning out whatever there is. And, and for me, I don't know if it's the same with you, Anna, but for me, it's it's not necessarily one creative pursuit that mm. you know, fills my cup. You know, when I was younger, I was in theatre groups and I was extras in commercials and all that stuff and then it grew to I was in a band with my dad in a cover band and an original band yeah. then the podcast and then writing so mm. it's almost like it, it doesn't always have to be the one thing you know sometimes and I, I meet a lot of writers who you know were on tv or they're actors or they're in musicals or they're still doing that sort of stuff and yeah. I think that's what comes with being creative it's that force inside you that that has to create no matter what that looks like would you agree yeah, and I actually don't feel like a creative person myself. Um, even though I've done creative writing and different projects, but 
I feel for me it's more, uh, you know, trying to understand things and share. So um, I think a lot of my books have come because I've been in a place where I've been able to get really deep into something and really research something and understand it and try things. And then I'm like, wow, I have all this knowledge. I'm so lucky. Other people might not have had this opportunity, you know, whether it's to understand farming or whether it's to understand, you know, climate change or whether it's to understand publishing. So for me, it's kind of like I think it's how I, that's how I help people. Um, I, but I actually, it's not funny. I actually don't feel very creative. <laughs> No, but it's really funny you say that. I've been having the same conversation with someone recently about, oh, I didn't know I was a creative person. Mm. And you look at them and you think, you're like, of course you're creative. And I think there's almost that old kind of belief that in order to be creative, you have to be able to paint. We have to be, you know, that sort yeah, of creative. Yeah, which but I can't. I, I think, yeah. think create. Well, you know, I can finger paint with my kids. Yeah. I can do that. My favourite one is, you know, when you just pull the globs of paint together and you pull the page in half and then it comes out like a butterfly. Yeah, right. Genius, right? Uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> I never graduated to that level. Oh, well, you got to try it. you got to try it. This weekend, Jan, I want to see a post on social media. <laughs> yeah. Zero talent but 100% effect, you know. Um, no, and it's interesting because I think creativity comes in many forms. You know, it's not mm. just about being able to create the painting or the, the written work. You know, I think I think business people have to be very creative in their thinking. You know, I think often we yeah, undermine true. creativity true. and imagination because, yeah. you know, particularly if you're in business for yourself, you're always thinking of creative ways of how to stay in business for yourself. You yeah. know, and I, when I was a teacher, you know, I don't think people think teaching is a particularly, if, if you're not doing it, I don't mm. know if people think it's a very creative job, but it's one of the most creative jobs I've ever had because you're always trying to engage that one kid who hates books. Yes, you know? yes. And you come up with these amazingly creative ideas and whether they work or not, you know, it's, it's yeah. one of the, I think it's one of the most creative professions out there. So it's interesting that, you know, you're an author of all these incredible books and, yeah. you know, you, you farm, which I think is a creative pursuit. And then, you know, you've done all this stuff in this book about how to be a writer. So when you say to me, I'm not creative, I'm like, yeah, of course you are, Annie. Like a whole creative being. So it's weird what we identify creativity with. Yeah, true. That's true. And I suppose you do need to like. And I am creative when it comes to, I suppose, marketing and things like that. So, but I, yeah, I suppose yeah, I just don't fit that artistic thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think it's a really, it's a, you know, it's a very long kind of. You know, you don't have to fit yeah. one one part of creativity because I think there's yeah. there's so many subgenres of creativity, you know, that fall into mm. that. You know, so yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting space in here about creativity because some people have the urge to do it more than others. You know, like I, I've always had a creative pursuit and I feel it if I have a break between having yeah. a creative pursuit. Like I feel the weight of that on me. And it, wow. you, know, you need to get that out. So it's interesting that creativity lives inside us differently, but then how you then put creativity on the page or on the canvas or in your business or whatever. I think that's really interesting too, because yeah. it's not a planned thing. You know, I always say like you can sit and do your taxes, right? I'm going to do my taxes today. But sometimes when you go to write, I'm going to write a chapter today. Yes. Yeah. Where you is know it? How that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how that's going to go. Yeah. You know, so creativity is really elusive thing. I think. Have you found that? Let's say that you are a creative person. Have you 
Okay. Okay. We're going to run with that. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. Own that. Yeah. Have you found that creativity is often that kind of thing where, you know, I feel like I'm always trying to catch it and sometimes you do, but then they're gone again and it comes back where it feels like it. Sort of thing. Do, yeah. you feel, do you feel and that as well? I know. I think it just bubbles out, doesn't it? Yeah. So, you know, you call it creativity. Maybe I call it ideas or inspiration or, um, imagination yeah it's like there's a little fountain i suppose and it's like uncontrollable unpredictable fountain yeah 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 (laughs) that's so funny i did read somewhere that if you say to yourself over a long period of time i'm going to sit down and write or paint or whatever it is you do at a particular time of day every single week your brain Mm kind of store all that creativity up and then when you hit that say 9am Saturday you go bang and you'll be able to ride it so my life is so disorganized I haven't yet been able to do that (laughs) exactly I mean like and that's the whole thing like how many people can live like that I mean that's a real privilege if people my goal yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like to me that seems so privileged yeah to be yeah. able to have that kind of life to mm. even plan like that. Um, mm. And I don't have that. And, you know, I suppose we talk about that in the book about you just have to make the time and you just have to push on through because, I, you know, like I seriously wrote this book in so many different places, like on the steering wheel at school pickup, you yeah, know, yeah. at a, my mum's doctor's appointment, you know, like anywhere I could because I just didn't have time to do it I know I know I've heard a couple of um my bosses in my life say if you ever want something done quickly and well ask a busy mother to do it because they yeah. didn't know how to cut out the time and I, yeah. I know that from me before I was a mother I don't know I don't know what I did with my time Anna but I was having long brunches <laughs> watching a lot of x-files but I really didn't get yeah. anything done right just yeah. living yeah. living a lazy great life but now yeah. that you know, you've got, I've got two kids, two little kids and, you know, I've got a job and the podcast and the writing, et cetera. Like mm. it's incredible how much I can fit into a day. And I just think, yeah. wow, like I don't, I almost think the busier you are, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, the more you manage to fit in and be creative with that time. Yeah. And it would be, I think I'd be the most scared if, you know, like I stopped everything just to write. Because yeah. then the pressure of, oh, the, I, I've actually got time to write, mm. then it would be like, mm. I don't know if I could then. <laughs> yeah, you might. You'd probably, I know I'd use it scrolling Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, But you're dear. right. You're right. Yeah. I know that if I've got 15 minutes to write, if, yeah. even, even if it's on my phone because I'm doing something with my kids or whatever, I know yeah. that I'm going to smash out something that 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You know, whereas if you've got all the time in the world, you're like, oh, I'll just have a snack. I'll scroll yeah. Instagram. Make a phone <laughs> call. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is what I was talking about, multitasking, fitting in everything. Absolutely. Um, but for listeners who are listening, if my seven-year-old is just sitting on my lap, which is not an unusual occurrence for podcasting. She knows how to breathe really softly now. She's, she's nailed it. <laughs> Wait, is that book monkey? That is book monkey. This is book Oh, my monkey. gosh. That's book monkey. Hello. Oh my goodness. Like I really enjoyed what you did. And I liked how you said it at the end. Book monkey. And I love, love, love. I love, love, love. Love, love, love. love. (laughs) My mini, that's for sure. (laughs) Getting getting back on track, Anna. 
Um, I always go on tangents on this podcast. But can I say to you, I hate building a website. I feel like I'm not yeah. very good at it. I feel like everything I do on the website, I never like it. I really struggle mm-hmm. with this. And after reading your book, I went back to my website. I yeah. suffered for the hours it took me to make it look half decent and I feel much happier. So I have your book to thank for that. So thank you for that, Anna. Great, because a website is so important for an author. It really is um, how people can come across you and you need to feel proud of it. I, I'm glad I redid my website and I'm actually going to, I'm doing another little overhaul now because things have moved quite quickly on certain things. Um, but it also for me reaching out to experts to interview made me feel like I could Mm, so it's about investing in that professionalism um because it will also make you feel more professional (laughs) you know I'm one of those people I don't think I'll ever be happy with my website but I did I did I just gutted it all and started again because I was reading your book. So it really did inspire me to do that. So thank you for that. And well I just done. want to talk about, um, if you haven't seen it yet, Anna, don't, don't congratulate me. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. I tried my hardest. If there's any experts out there, I'm happy to take suggestions, you know, how to make it better. Cause I'm sure it's not there yet. Um, but for you writers, writers from small publishers or self-published writers, what are some really hot tips that you can do? You've got a book coming out. A lot of it is going to be on you to get the book out there. Socials are sort of flooded with everyone's new book. And, you know, I try my very best with the podcast and socials to really advocate and cheerlead for mm. other people's books. But you it do. is hard to be heard in, you know, in this very crowded space of all social media. So what are mm. some hot tips? Like if you had to whittle it down to three to five hot tips for writers to yep. really do a really good job marketing their book, what, what would that be? What would and that look like? This is true for trad as well as self-published. I mean, because yeah, now totally. it's all, it's all everyone has yeah. to do it. So firstly, write a great book. <laughs> Tip one, like, that helps. Yeah, write a great book for a distinct audience. I like that, yep. Okay. Um, Three, start talking to that audience early. Don't wait till your book's about to come out. Start much earlier. Even if you think, oh, I don't even want to tell my friends I'm writing a book, maybe just start. Be the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, start. If you're doing nonfiction, interview experts. <laughs> don't try and write the book yourself. I mean, obviously, if it's a memoir, yes. Like, <laughs> But, um, I mean, I one of my regrets well actually a regret but also why I've really wanted to write this book was my first book was a really important book the first one I self-published I was traditionally published before then and it was all about raising kids for a changing world and it was 10 years ago if I'd have known now how to better market that book People, families wouldn't have been deer in the headlights right now with everything that's going on in the world. Um, So I suppose another tip I would say then is be bold. You have to get out there and really market your book because you've written the book hopefully to help people, not because you're a tyrant and just want, you know, to put out a, you know, a horrible (laughs) manifesto. You've written a book to help people and entertain people. So therefore you really need to stand behind it and be that bold, be bold um, and reach out to people. 
for mm. testimonials, for those blurbs for your cover. Um, there's, yeah. there's You're no... You're so right. Yeah. And do you think... Do you think in Australia particularly we have this culture of not celebrating ourselves? Like it's almost, you know, this culture of like, oh, you know, you can't celebrate yourself too much. And I, I'm not saying you should celebrate yourself every day. That might get annoying. Party, party, party. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a balance, right, to being able to be proud and celebrate your work and, you know, the work of others too. But there's got to be a space for that. And I think we're really, I don't know if it's our culture here, but we're kind of really shy or afraid to do that yeah I, I think it is an Australian thing but also I mean it's not always a bad thing either mm. because otherwise you've got everyone out there just you know <laughs> taking up space who might not deserve it either um but I I felt that like when I brought out uh Small Farm Success Australia I brought it and I had the memoir Honey Farm Dreaming as well I actually slipped into that a bit so I actually launched them at the same time because I knew I could stand behind mm. the farming book um, yep. because it's a brilliant book and there was none in Australia and all these people were wanting to move to the country and had no idea what they're doing. Um, so that was a book for that. But then I thought by having the memoir at the same time, I didn't have to actually promote myself with that. It, yeah, they yeah, rode together yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it is, it is hard to promote yourself. Mm. And I think I want to talk now about authenticity because it's one thing to go out with your book and talk about your book and say, I'm helping you do this or this is entertaining, whatever you're doing. Mm. But I think there's got to be a certain level of authenticity as well that you bring with whatever piece of art you've got. Because I always find that, you know, I know I connect much better with people who I think are authentic about what they do rather than just yeah. wanting another sale of their books. How does authenticity yeah. work together with creating your website, platform, doing interviews, all that kind of stuff, that marketing yeah. stuff that you have to do? How then do you actually weave your own story and your authenticity in there so you're not always out there like flogging your own book because that can probably be annoying? <laughs> well, I suppose you, like, there's, oh, this just speaks to my heart because if you're going to write a book, it has to be real. I mean, aren't we all sick of slick, fake yes. politicians, oh, yes. salespeople, corporate speak, um, everything that we've been fed for so long, no matter what side of anything you're on? Like, mm -hmm. don't you like it when someone says to you, and I love this, like with editors, well, that's shit. <laughs> oh, you know, yes. my or thing. you know, like my favorite thing is to have some people being authentic with me, yeah. and for me to just share the mm. same. Um, I don't think you can hide. You can't mm. hide. Like, but I think we're. I think you're right. I think we're sick of it. You know, and I think there was a time where people were looking perfect on Instagram all the time, and yeah. lives and houses and marriages and relationships and faces and everything was perfect. <laughs> and I think we kind of lost touch for a while with our humanness, you know. And that I was really afraid of that because you can never measure up. And even though you know that's not people's lives, it's just a photo of a moment probably a, yeah you know, sort of one that you've constructed it's still I don't think it's really good for you to see that and I've actually seen a bit of a shift lately about real photos and you know I really like those photos you know the the non hashtag no makeup or something like that I really like those you know because it is a bit bold and brave in our world to do those kind of things and be human and mm -hmm. you know that's even 
I've got to say that's that's what I've really tried hard with the podcast. I mean, I, I did buy a nice microphone because I'm a bit obsessed with tech. <laughs> but I also it's a like very to, lovely microphone. Yeah, I just I'm a bit. <laughs> So that's one thing, but <laughs> I've always been really mindful not to make this too shiny. Not that I probably could. Well, and that's to- why everyone loves you <laughs> because it is authentic. That's what's brilliant because it's it's connecting yeah. and it's true and it's helpful and it's not glossy and glossing over mm. um, things and it's because accessible. We're super glossy, right? Yeah, I never really I'm liked sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I was I never right. shiny. I saw a lot of it. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of it and it started to mess with my brain going, oh, my God, I can never be that shiny. And then I went, hang on, I don't want to be that shiny. So yeah, it's interesting. Exactly. Right? Hmm. Yeah. You should know this question's coming up because if you say you've listened to a few podcasts, you know that I'm going to ask you, why do you write? I write because it just happens, um, but it, it is that whole thing of it's no fun being on the lifeboat alone. So when I fall in love with something or learn something, I want to share that so other people have access to that. Um, and so for me, it's a lifeboat for me to help me understand the world and myself and then it's also a lifeboat that I want to throw out to others to say if you'd like to know how to do this here's some tips if you you know want to be prepared for this you know join yeah here's my little lifeboat and my lifeboats I do little books Mm, no I really like that I love that and you know people say the same thing to me you know well you do a lot of podcasts but it I feel like it it nurtures me you know, in ways that I can't explain, you know, that creativity, that conversation, that exploration of people. So, you know, and I feel like it, it's, it's, it does that. Yeah. And people like writers starting at the beginning of their career and also writers halfway through and, you know, they're all listening to you going and other authors, you know, maybe on their walk or while they're cooking. And that is why you podcast, I suppose, because you're generous as well and sharing. Hmm. Well, thank you for that. I just think one of the greatest pleasures in life is conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're no introvert. I do. I, do. <laughs> I, just, I just love talking to people because I find, like, I always say this, don't sit next to me at a wedding because I won't be like, oh, what do you do for a living? Because who cares? I'm like, so what? Are you afraid of like what are your secrets what do you think about this you know so but that's when you get really interesting conversations you know, about the realness and about what people are really thinking and really feeling and and not staying on that surface i think mm. you know when you have really short sharp conversations like this you have no choice to just go in the guts of it straight away you know because we all i think it's comforting to know that we all have our insecurities we're all vulnerable we're all afraid at the end of the day no matter how what scale yeah. of afraid you are and I think that's something too, like the scale of being afraid and everything, like especially for an indie author, we always talk about like indie musicians as, oh, my God, they're so cool. Have you, you know, have you heard this indie band? But when it comes to indie authors, people are like, and, but then like then we talk about indie bookshops and we're like, oh, they're so cool. 
you know, so like, funny. I know. And I'm like, like, and true, like avid reader, they're going to, you know, what they've got me up indie for a workshop. Podcasts, readings, Hannah. exactly. But um, yeah, it's just so funny, isn't it? Like how we that all see sweet, things and react mm. and um, mm. very interesting. Yeah. I yeah. don't have any answers for it at all, but it's interesting. I never have any yeah. exactly. I just like to explore stuff. I know, no exactly. No, there are no answers available to me in my brain, but let's talk about <laughs> them anyway. <laughs> oh. uh, Anna, I, well, I remember when you first approached me and I said, oh, of course I'd love to share, you know, what knowledge I have. I'm not a, an expert, but I've done enough episodes to sort of throw something that might be useful to someone. And then I saw this amazing book. It is heavy and it is a lot in it and there's so much information. And then, you know, when I got halfway, I was like, oh, you know, this is this is for every author. So I actually really think, look, it's your book. I was super impressed when it came in my mail and um, I just think it's useful. Like I said, I've got this post notes stuck in the second half of it. I'm going to use a lot of that advice I already have with my website. Thank you for making me do and that. And I saw you packaging up some little gift bags. Correct. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, and this was all born from, yeah, some ideas I had, but then, you know, the concrete examples you had in your in your novel. Mm-hmm. And it is about we're all afraid of rejection and how much we say we can take it, you know, and some people take it more you know, better than others. You know, I know that I'm okay with it. Don't love it. Wouldn't ask for it, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Don't prefer it. But I'm okay with it. But I think um, in the creative industry, you kind of have to just do feel well, you know, and you have to just approach people. Not everyone's going to say yes. Not everyone's going to love your book, but hopefully you're going to find your people and there are going to be enough people who are behind you who understand what you're doing and who appreciate that and who are going to let you come into your bookshop and sign books they're going to review your book you know hopefully Mm -hmm. there's going to be enough of those people so thank you for writing that and um I think it's a great piece of advice and just a bit of confidence for writers because I know that (laughs) for Mm. myself it's this constant battle of you know am I even going to be doing this you know you've got this advice behind you it sort of helps and pushes you along so thank you so much Anna for writing and and including me yeah well you've got lots of hot tips (laughs) who knew who knew exactly the words and nerds universe content is created by many talented people we have the usual episodes and live streams hosted by me Danny V There are three regular spin-offs, the popular Burgers, Beers and Books hosted by Ben Hobson, the regular Takeover hosted by Nathan J. Phillips and a different page hosted by Josie Layton. Check the Words and Nerds website for more details. We also have Takeover episodes where an author interviews another author and they take the conversation wherever they like. Throughout the year, we also have short spin-offs like the Summer Series Takeover, the NaNoWriMo Series and the Publishing Insider Series. You can find all of these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll also find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, Danny B Books, Words and Nerds Podcast. Stay safe and read more books.